Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat Rage Radio. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You're tuning in to clearly the best show on the network. Clearly better than the uh, afternoon stuff that goes down here. Between those, uh, the loud mouse on the frenzy. And, of course, uh, the BFF uh, crew. Uh, no, we're just kidding. We've, we we come uh, bearing peace and love. Nothing but gifts uh, for people. As today was throwdown uh, throw day today here, Cam. Uh, there's a, there's an in-house beef between Corey's goon squad and, uh, and Stample and uh, Sussman's, uh, what is it, uh, Geek Squad. <laughs> the, the, the goon squad versus the geek squad in which um the geek squad claims they're providing better information by giving numbers Ooh. stats information and winners uh meanwhile they claim that Corey's nothing but hot air and noise and uh, Corey claims that uh, they're boring and bring nothing but stats so they go right go- there yeah. goon yeah. squad <laughs> the promo <laughs> i love it's, that one yeah it sounds like oh there's going to be a promo today there's going to be, but no, no, it's all, it's all in good fun here. I think some people really, uh, really start to buy it and believe it. Like the time I hit you in the face with a dart. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. One of the best, uh, actually people, people are so stupid. They believe you'd throw a dart at me. You could kill a guy. Oh my God. He actually, he hit Cam with a dart. The blood. Yeah. We really pulled that one off. I feel bad telling people and uh, sharing this once again, but it's already been said on the air. Michelle Serpico's mother asked if Corey was really running for mayor of Harlem. <laughs> Again? <laughs> um, Michelle was somewhat confused about uh, Corey being the mayor. And usually there's a couple of people a day in the chat that ask, is Corey actually the mayor of Harlem? Now, <laughs> first off, no, Corey's not the mayor of Harlem. Secondly, there is no mayor of Harlem. That's a great <laughs> point. <There's, laughs> there is no there's mayor. A mayor of New York City. <laughs> Like Harlem's in New York City, all right? Bill de Blasio's the mayor, all right? The mayor of Harlem. There is no mayor of Harlem. It's like these are the same people that are voting for Gritty, evidently, for Congress and stuff like that. <laughs> the mayor, that's such a good point. Harlem is a part of New York City. There's not separate mayors for each borough. You know, what are you? Yeah, you're, like, yeah there's city councilors. The, you're, yeah, you're the mayor of the Bronx. No, hey, congratulations. Corey, Corey the councilman. He's got to change it. He's got to change it. This is great. I'm sitting in the pit right now. We're in Studio 33, not 34. 34 is the main room. Uh, so we're on the fourth floor, not uh, the fifth floor here. And uh, our boy Frank Stample is going over ammunition right now, digging for uh, digging for um, misinformation that Corey's given on the show. And I, I told him, I gave him some ammo earlier, actually. I said, hey, just go back to the Sunday show two weeks ago, in which he stated to, uh, to uh, bench Andrew Luck in place of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, of course, that was the week Fitzpatrick scored three points against the Redskins. And, and got benched. 
Yeah, good stuff. Good fantasy, stuff. Fantasy football, it's easy to find you. It's, it's, it's easy to make the wrong decision, right? It's easy to find somebody. But Oh, definitely. No, no, it's all, it's all, in, uh, it's all in good fun. So, um, yeah, uh, the Raging Rant at Camp Store. What is Lou? Gamblue.com is going to be with us. There's a UFC card. And, you know, it's funny. I saw it. Uh, so, you know, uh, Tito Ortiz fought uh, Chuck Liddell over the weekend. Yeah, I didn't watch that one, Gabe. Didn't no, watch that I didn't, one. I didn't. I tried to watch it. The stream can't, didn't work. Whatever. Can't can't lie. <laughs> Missed it. No, but I I was dead serious. I got. To, I'm dead serious. I still like mixed martial arts. I like a really good fight. I like a really good fight card and stuff. But I mean it when I state like, no, I don't have any interest in watching these old guys fight. Like I really don't. You know, it doesn't mean I won't bet on it. But it, you know. I bet on a lot of things I don't watch, right? So good, good point. Yeah, you know, I didn't watch the Phil Mickelson Tiger thing. I didn't watch one swing of it. I was traveling, but I had an opportunity to. My computer was working. I I logged in and I was like, oh, I saw. I, I actually bet it in game. I saw it was the eighth hole and they were all square. I was like, oh shit! I can get my bet in, so I'll just take Phil right now. So I got him at plus one sixty five, plus one seventy or something, like in the seventh or eighth hole at the time. But I didn't watch it. I felt the same way about Chuck and Tito. It's just stupid, man. It's just stupid. Like, I don't care, right? I don't want to watch a 48-year-old say, I'm 48, so me and Chuck are the same age. Yeah, you can. maybe you should fight somebody on yeah, the street. So it's, just, it's just stupid. <laughs> like, it's dumb. So Dana White, Dana White goes off. Dana White goes off and uh, says that the, the, the fight was stupid and the California Athletic Commission never should have let it happen. And uh, Oscar De La Hoya is a raging cokehead who does like 12 eight balls a day. So Dana White goes off and stuff and says, anybody that cares about Chuck Liddell wouldn't have let him fought. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the same, a- it's the same <laughs> yeah. man that just put CM Punk in an octagon. And also the same man when Chuck Liddell was getting older and more beat down, he, he, he didn't hesitate to put him back in the octagon. That guy is such a hypocrite, man. I'm and so also the same man of BS. Yeah, you think Dana White's never done an eight ball of blow before? I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like me calling someone a pothead. Ah, the guy's a stupid pothead. He doesn't know what he's doing here. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, and then so it's just funny. So Dana White goes through all of this crap, and then. Just an hour ago, I see that Anderson Silva's yeah, been promised a title shot. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, Anderson Silva's like forty-four years old, bro. Like, yeah, the guy, the guy hasn't fought in what three years. Yeah, and the thing is, so listen, he's not as recklessly dangerous as Chuck is right now. Where, I mean, Chuck just gets punched and he gets knocked out. It's not good for him. But it's the same crap. I mean, Anderson Silva's old, and it's just stupid. And and he's fighting. They're making him fight this Usman guy who's like a murderer. It's just it's dumb, right? And that's. That's what that's what that's, that's what the UFC will do, Cam. It's their little trick, where they won't put two old bums in there together, or two old washed-up guys, because they they don't want to get mocked. But what they'll do is they'll just put the old guy in with a young guy, and the young guy will kill him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And and, and his career. Yeah. yeah, no, you said it. And that's the thing. Like you 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 laughed at golf, and it was an obvious cash grab with this Tiger Phil stuff. And it backfired. It, they didn't make any money. They lost money because yeah, they didn't yeah. they didn't sell. They had to give the money back, and they still had to pay Phil and Tiger to nine million dollars. Yeah, exactly. And that's what. What did they give to charity in the end, anyways? That's that's I don't even know. I don't even have the number. Like I was I, sincerely I was sincerely I was hoping the whole of, thing. No. I was hoping the whole thing. Oh, I knew those those <laughs> greedy bastards weren't gonna give it all. Uh I think they gave a couple of hundred K. Like I was under the impression it was ten million and they were gonna take not one million of it and give it to charity and they were gonna play for the nine million. But then I began began to see that no, I don't know, they 
they gave a couple of hundred K to a local Vegas hospital. And, you know, there were a couple of $50,000 checks given to local charity type Big things. deal. But, yeah, Big there deal. was no mega. And then on top of it, you got these guys playing and betting for money. The whole thing was just sick. Like, like Chuck and Tito, all, you can actually defend. Listen, Chuck Liddell didn't do it for money. Chuck Liddell has money. Chuck Liddell did it because he doesn't like Tito Ortiz, and he actually thinks, he actually thought he could knock him out. He thought if I punch him and I connect, I'll knock him out. The only thing is he was too slow <laughs> to, to punch Tito Ortiz. And Tito Ortiz is a big dude, Cam. And he is. Tito Ortiz just teed off like five times. Bang, 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 bang. And then finally he just like popped him once square right in the nose. <laughs> Yeah, I, told, I told my I told my girlfriend to, like you know I go I go when you get drunk and pick on people you might want to pick on anybody but Tito Ortiz like that's the last guy you should be lipping off at it on a plane that was pretty stupid he's actually not done Tito that's funny that's a good point yeah your girlfriend got into a Tito Ortiz yes, oh she so. almost got kicked she almost got kicked off a flight like she went up to him and she goes next time you see Chuck Liddell he's gonna <laughs> knock your teeth out. Or something, like that. and then and then it was like funny for a while. So all of his henchmen started, ha, 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 "Hey, this chick's amazing!" Yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, no, Tito didn't like it. He's like, "Get this chick off the plane. Yeah. Like, or, get her, or get or get her away from me." She had to move. <laughs> like they, she was flying, she was flying first class for a business meeting. They kicked her like right. That's out. gold. I know. Your girlfriend's the best. <laughs> no, she hates she hates Tito Ortiz. I don't know why. <laughs> like, what, why you hate Tito Ortiz for? She really hits her spots with people. Like she likes people she should hate and hates people that like I don't understand it. Babe. Uh, so Kev, I just but she loves you, buddy. She, she she's a big fan. Can't wait to see game again. I re I retweeted. <laughs> I retweeted a shot. Somebody sent me a picture of the wrestler Billy Gunn. Uh, what he looks like now. Billy Gunn's fifty-five years old. Billy Gunn. Yeah. Billy Gunn. Oh, I bet he looks horrible. Actually, no. I don't even want to. No, I don't no. even want to look. No, he looks like uh, he hasn't been tested for steroids. That's what he looks like. The guy looks like a beast, Cam. He's a monster. He looks real good. So it's just funny. Oh so- my God, you're right. Holy Jesus, Cam. Yeah. yeah. He's got, like, the lines, but, man, he, he's in great shape. I like what some, what Mystic Marty said. I'd like to see you mouth off to him now. Yeah, good point, man. Oh, my God. He he hurts people. Yeah, no, maybe we should have one of these old guy fights with Billy Gunn because I think he could hold his own there. Now, I've told man. the story a couple of times, so I'm not going to go into full detail now, but it was about uh, 20 years ago, and I was at a wrestling event in Montreal, and I was in the front row, and... Um, People were throwing beer cups from the stands into the ring type thing. They were kind of encouraging. Like the wrestlers, like Hulk Hogan was there. It was like, I forget. It was like one of those nights, and people were like throwing beer cups. And, you know, the wrestlers, the the heels were sort of encouraging it. It was a more innocent time. Like people weren't throwing batteries and stuff. But Billy Gunn was there. Billy Gunn was there. No, Hulk Hogan was the other night, the NWO crap there that night. Uh, People were throwing stuff that night too. So, Billy Gunn was in the front row, and people were sort of throwing cups harmlessly at the end of the ring. But I was double fisting, like, these cups of beer. And one of my beers sort of got warm. So I took a sip, and I was like, ugh. You know what I mean? I was like, ugh. And I had, like, another one that was fresher. So it was sort of, like, half full, so it had some weight to it. And Billy Gunn started walking towards me, and people were throwing things at the ring. I threw the cup sideways, sort of like a shovel pass, at Billy Gunn. But I did it pretty, like, hard. 
Yeah. And it flew like a missile. Like the beer stayed in the cup, like with the weight and stuff. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And it smacked him right in the face. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So it hit him right in the face. He wasn't too happy. So he he came over to, to me towards the rail, and he pulled me over the rail. So he pulled me, like, next to the ring camp. So, like, he pulled me out of the crowd over the rail, and he put me in, like, an arm bar type thing. <laughs> they thought you were part of the act. He said, I'm going to have to kill you. He said, I'm going to have to kill you. And security came, and they walked me up the ramp and stuff that the wrestlers came out of. So everyone in the arena thought it was, like, part of the, 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 the show and stuff. But it really wasn't. So I was drunk and stupid, and Billy Gunn was appearing at some bar after uh, club, like the wrestlers were there. So, of course, I went there to try to accost Billy Gunn after it, but I couldn't get in. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, great. So the next time, and I'm leaving out a lot. It was, it's a long story. I've already told a bunch of times. So, but anyways... They come back like three, four months later, and I go back, and there's this kid with like a pen, and I picked up like a pizza box, and I wrote on the pizza box something I can't really say here. Like, I said, Billy Gunn is a... Yeah, yeah, I got it. And I was in the front row again holding it up, and uh, I'm yelling at him, you Lex Luthor wannabe piece of crap. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really letting him have it. So finally at the end, man, he comes over again. Like he's come steaming over at me at the rail. And uh, I'm thinking, not again, man. This guy ain't pulling me over the rail again. So I sort of step back. (laughs) Billy Gunn sticks his hand out. He goes, I don't know what your effing problem is, but he goes, are we good? (laughs) (laughs) That's the bet. You wore him down. He didn't want to hurt you anymore. Yeah, he's like, I don't know what your deal is, buddy. Like, you know, he's basically telling me, I'm just doing my job here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he thinks you're a psycho, one of those psycho psycho wrestling fans. And trust me, I did a wrestling show, Gabe. I've never met. You know how we meet people on the streets? It was funny, though. I'll tell you, though, it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, F Billy Gunn. I'm yelling all kinds of crap, right, all morning and stuff. It was an afternoon card, this one. And then Billy Gunn comes over. He goes, uh, you know, I don't know what your problem is, but are we good? And he, he remembered from last time. <laughs> I shake his hand, right? And after, like, I lift his hand up like like a ref, like a winner. I'm like, Billy Gunn, everyone. Here's the man, Billy Gunn. <laughs> and I totally turned. So. But you had to see Billy Gunn now. No, I'm not, I'm not mouthing off. And. That's, you know, that's when you're younger and dumber and drunker, right? And you just, you know, like now if I went to a WWE event, I wouldn't be in the front row wasted, mouthing off at them and throwing beer cups yeah. at them. Yeah, good point. The other uh, person Lisa accosted was Billy Smith, goaltender for the New York Islanders yeah, at Wayne Gretzky's restaurant. No, she goes, uh, yeah, so she comes back from the restaurant. Is anybody in this place sick and here, tired of hearing about Wayne Gretzky and the Oilers? So we should Who's just got- note that your girlfriend <laughs> goes to a bar restaurant called Wayne Gretzky's. Yes, yes. And then yes. complains that there's too much Wayne Gretzky propaganda in the bar of Wayne Gretzky's. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna say this, Gretzky. <laughs> she's right. It is over the top. It's over yeah. the top. People it's are thinking, oh, it's top. great that like you go to Gretzky's, dude. You're taking a piss. I and know. there's, like, a TV screen over, the over like, the urinal, and there's, like, goals. Wayne Gretzky, when he was nine years old, scored 13 goals in one game. It's like, we get it, man. He was good. Like, you, you're all right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, what? Yeah, your girlfriend's like, anyone else sick of hearing this Wayne Gretzky yeah, crap? She goes, Billy she goes, Smith's yeah. like, yeah, I am. Yeah, she goes, and who the hell are you? Because she didn't know who he is. She goes, like, 
I'm four time a Stanley Cup winner, Billy Smith. She goes, sure you are. <laughs> right? She didn't believe him. And then her friend, she's with a couple guys from work, say, yes, Lisa, that is Billy Smith. Like, you have no idea. And anyway, they ended up drinking together and stuff. But I'm like, why would Billy Smith go to Wayne Gretzky's bar, too? Another thing, if you hated the man that much, you, you wouldn't drink in his, in his well, she establishment. She lives in the area. It was yeah. open. Oh, yeah. It's actually really like a stone's throw away. <laughs> Billy Smith, probably the uh, dirtiest goalie ever. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Oh, here's my boy, disgruntled Lou Pellegrino in the building. Uh-oh. Sour Lou. Sour Lou. He's actually, like, almost offended. He's like, you know, he goes, I'm actually a happy guy. Yeah, I just got married, and I'm actually happy. I'm like, well, you look pretty sour and surly. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Visit today. Bring it today. That's what Yang listened to when he growing up. Growing up in the hood. Pretty cool riff, actually, this. Game Time Decisions, Red Eat Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Lou from Gamblue.com will join us a little bit later on. I don't know if you saw this story earlier, uh, Cam, but uh, Daniel uh, Carcillo is um, speaking out against alleged hazing experience uh, while he experienced as a, a member of the Sarnia Sting. Yet, um, it's kind of, you know, to me, you know, it would carry a little bit more weight if he spoke out, like, in 2002. Yeah, that's the <laughs> as thing. As opposed like, right, to now. Like, you're, you're, you're coming out about stuff, like, after you're in the career. Like, how about, well, like, you know, you're taking off your pants and having to, like, spew on toast in, in front of about 20 All guys. Right, so. Maybe you want to talk about that crap. No, I, honestly, it's disgusting, the stuff that goes on in hockey dressing rooms. No, it really is, and we'll get into it a little bit. So, listen, I know Daniel Curcio a little bit, actually, and uh, I did an event with him, a couple of events, because uh, remember when I had Jack Apparel as a sponsor? He had, uh, he, yeah. had, he had actually Jack T-shirt as well. And he's actually a cool dude. He's actually a cool dude, and, you know, he seems to be one of these guys that, now, we should note that he's suing the league for $18 million, so. Well, good point. Yeah, so, you know, he's now, but the thing is, my old deal with him is, and, you know, we, who do we have on the show the other day? Bertie Federko, and he said, you know, I knew what I was getting into when I played the game, and I totally get it, and, I, you know, when I look at football players, I think there is something to be said for the concussion lawsuits, and the league should look into to help people, but. You know, like, Dan Carcillo is not a victim, Cam. I mean, to be honest, the guy was really one of the bigger cheap shot artists in the NHL. <laughs> no, no, you bring up really good points. He, he, he was did, a goon. He was a goon. Yeah, he, he was a goon. He did a lot of things to hurt other people. So to yes, hear, he him, did. hear him cry about, all oh, the league hurts people and they don't care, 
it's like, bro, like you just made millions of dollars and won two Stanley Cup rings because you hurt people. That was your deal. Like you were a cheap shot artist. I'm going to tell you this, Morency, and you said it. Now the NHL, uh, you don't have guys like that in the league. So you said it. He made all his money. He wouldn't have even been playing hockey. He could have had a good job in construction or something. He's a strong guy, obviously using his arms and legs. But he wouldn't be playing hockey because they don't have strictly uh, goons anymore. you got to be able to play both ways. Fourth liners are usually pretty good skaters now. Different game. I should note, too, that he was part of a Philadelphia Flyer team that slashed Ken Hitchcock's tires, all right? That's great. Sorry. I shouldn't laugh. That's I know. the best. Grown man. Hey, let's slash Hitch's tires. Okay. Sounds like a good idea. I said, I, when I was told the story, I said, are you serious? I said, you guys slashed his tires. <laughs> and he's like, I was like, why? He said, we wanted to see if he could change a tire on his own, that fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do you think he did? I bet he didn't. Or do you think he called? Oh, he called CAA for sure. They was in Philadelphia, so it was PAA. He would have called yeah, yeah, AAA, yeah, yeah, yeah. AAA. Yeah, triple A, triple A, triple A. Thank you. Thank no, you. he changed the tire himself. Oh, he did. He Good did. for Hitch. Yeah. They didn't slash all of them. They slashed one of them. Just one. <laughs> I was also told a story that Hitchcock got stuck in a hot tub. Oh, like oh, it like wedged in, like he yes. like his gut, his gut like hit the rail at the side, and like he couldn't get out. That the Flyers t- had like a hot tub sort squeeze. of whirlpool for rehab or whatever, and yes, that Hitchcock got in it and literally couldn't get out. Wow! Like they had to they had to pry him out. Unbelievable. Yeah, but great, you know, great, great stories. Yeah, I almost feel like a jerk telling these stories, but yeah, I always. No, bitch. But yeah, I always bitch that media doesn't tell stories that they know things, so I'm just sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least I'm not naming names besides the victim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not naming you, who did this stuff. Hitch uh, is a victim. Well, it's not, not rocket science who did this. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, the thing. But Hitch actually, um, Hitch actually lost a lot of weight. I think he got that surgery done in his stomach. Oh, the ga- uh, yeah, gastric, yeah, yeah, bi- yeah, yeah, gastric yeah. bypass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's true. And this is why it comes up with Matt Patricia, bro, that I was told, the guys, they told me, they said it's hard to listen to a guy be a disciplinarian when he gets stuck in a hot tub. Great point. You know, that's what they said. Because these guys, remember that flyer team used to party all the time, right? It was Richards and Carter oh, and yeah. Coke and Porn Yeah, Team Stars Cocaine. And, yeah, they were there. Carcillo they- was on that team. Snowplow. And basically, yeah, they said, listen, this guy bitches at us like he's crazy, like he's a nut job, yet he's a slob. They were like, the guy can't even, like, get out of a hot tub on his own without, like, getting the team trainers to pull him out. And he's telling us that we're out of shape and we party too much. (laughs) Right? Like, he didn't, like, so, you know, but, you know, they're sort of both right. You know what I mean? It's like, listen, it's if you're a hockey player and you're getting paid, it's really none of your business how heavy the coach is, right? Yeah, you got to do things on your own. You're paid the money. Yeah, like you got to be your own thing. If your coach is a fat slob, it yeah, doesn't but mean you, you can go. Yeah, you know as well as I do. You, you're gonna tell me there's not guys on the Detroit Lions that leave practice and go about Matt Patricia. F that guy. Look at him. They're yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, they're like, you believe this guy's our coach? F and slob. You know what I mean? You no, know they're saying this stuff. <laughs> no, but Patri- Patricia's a, a goof too. Like he's yelling at them two days and shit. He's all this big. He's out of shape. 
He's got like crickets in his beard and stuff. You know, it's like yeah, dude, that's like, the thing. You know I mean? It's his first year. It's his first year, Brad. See, that's another thing. So this guy comes and attacks the guy's posture. His beard. He's got a chicken wing in there from last week, and he's telling people how to live. The difference between him and Hitches. Hitches at least done a lot of things in hockey for a lot of years. Chicks, he, 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 ha, he has a resume. He has a resume of like ding ding ding. He's done it at every level. Like Patricia, like. Yeah, clean the beard. I'm with you. I love it. Posture. Give me a break. <laughs> Posture. And that's why I don't talk to people about their weight, you know? Like, right. I, I got a, nah, I I got a boiler. Yeah, I'm not going to, you know. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Dan Carcillo has had enough of keeping his mouth shut. Uh, in two lengthy Twitter threads over the weekend, the two-time Stanley Cup winner outlined some of the alleged bullying and hazing he suffered as a 17-year-old rookie on the Sarnia Sting in the 2002-2003 season. It was the worst year of my life. I got drafted in the NHL and achieved my dreams, but somehow it was, uh, it was the worst time of my life. Think about that. By far, it was the hardest thing I ever experienced. Carcello, 33, was inspired to open up about his experience after news broke about alleged sexual assault involving athletes at St. Michael's College, the all-private boys' school in Toronto. I didn't hear about this, actually, that uh, St. Michael's stuff. Oh, yeah, it's been brutal. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Uh, so the native of uh, King City, Ontario, thought it'd be it'd be helpful to share and uh, as far as and help the Twitter bully awareness uh, week. So from his verified Twitter account, Carcillo spoke of being beaten with a sawed-off paddle of a goaltender's hockey stick on a daily basis. He also described a shower train where rookies were forced to sit on the floor in a shower as veterans urinated or spit chewing tobacco on or near them, sometimes throwing shaving cream on them as well. I don't know why they add the shaving cream part. It's kind of light next to the urine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and yeah, shaving cream. The, oh, my give, God. Give, give me the Gillette Foamy. It's like they put the first part, <laughs> chewing tobacco and urinated on. And shaving cream. Oh, my God, man. Garcillo described further shocking scenes, including being forced to bob for apples in a cooler with waste, including pizza, urine, and spit. Like, you know, I don't even know what to say. You know what they used to do. Yeah, they used to do. They used to do. I knew a guy, Marantz, I didn't want to tell the story on the air about, you know, you had to like, uh, you know, I don't want to say masturbate on Wonder Bread type of thing. Guys licking, licking Here, hockey. Yeah, licking floors, you know, like with all the tape and like hair and all the other stuff you on see, there. I don't want to play it's on disgusting. that team. I'm not playing on that team. Exactly. Why don't you just say, you know what, this hazing. And why does it happen in hockey like more than any, like the things they do in hockey, it's just sick. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can understand, like, a little bit of fun or whatever. You know, you take a guy's shoe or do something, you know, play a couple practical jokes. But to piss on a guy in a shower? Some guy pisses on me. We're not playing. Uh, we're Yeah, you said it. We're out the door. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, man. Like, um, I sort of, you know, it's 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 twisted. It's like the, the McGill football team years ago in which their hazing incident, their hazing ritual for one, and it wasn't every team, but for some reason, one one team for some reason, their ritual was they told the uh, the freshmen to meet them uh, at the uh, the uh, squash court, racquetball court, and in the middle of the night, basically, they went to the racquetball court where they proceeded to insert the racquetball racket. Yeah, up. yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, basically, they they were basically raping the. So I guess one kid sort of it started, and the kid sort of freaked out and started fighting back. And uh, one of the kids they tried to do it to was the son of the reporter on the Fifth Estate. Bob not Mc, a good idea. Bob McHugh. Not a good. Not a good idea. Yeah, you don't want that guy on your ass, man. 
Like, uh, that's like 60 minutes and stuff. So, I so that you can't, you know, I actually talked. I was on the radio in Montreal in those years when it happened. And I brought it up. And I said, you guys are disgusting. I said, you guys got real problems that you want to, you know, stick, you want to stick racquetball rackets up each other's uh, asses, essentially. So, I said, you guys are twisted. And you're an embarrassment to the city. You're an embarrassment to the university. And uh, I got threatened. Guys on the team threatened me. Except they were so stupid, they they threatened me, Cam, from on air. No, they threatened <laughs> me from their official McGill dot edu oh. like email. Unbelievable. Yeah. So I was like, I actually, I actually responded to the kid. I said, you know what? I said, if I was whatever, if I said if I was somebody else, I would forward this to the dean, and basically you'd be you'd be expelled from the school, but. Uh, I said, next time you uh, you threaten somebody, you probably shouldn't do it from your dorm room on a computer, on a school email address. You stupid. Actually, I called him a couple of names. It was put out there, basically, that I better not go around. Better not go around the McGill football team. Ooh. Uh, at, at the time, what are you guys going to do? Are you going to try to st- stick a racket up my ass? Um, so they um, they shut it down, though. And it's too bad, too, because the coach was a nice guy. And he didn't know about it. And I know he didn't know about it because I knew guys that were on the team before that and nothing like that ever happened before. He didn't know about it. You know what I mean? This two guy, nice guy, his career was ruined because of it. Like, uh, he stepped down and everything. He was there for like 20 years. He had to step down. I, I, I think hazing in general is just one of those things. It's just absolutely, it, like, what, what's the benefit from it? So you, so, so you like a guy in your team and you're going to piss on him? You like a guy in your team, you're going to force him to eat toast with all this stuff? Like, like why? Like, what is the purpose? Ooh, ooh, we're tough. We're going we're gonna to do all this stuff together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, team for life. You know what I mean, Marenzi? It's just I look at it and I just say, like, some kind of twisted sick people i would never make any yeah, i don't do i don't like i don't that, i know? don't i don't get it either like and, and i don't know why it always involves having to be naked yeah that's another like, thing that's yeah, their I, thing i mean you know i don't know man it's just maybe you know maybe they just like that and that's that's their thing but they you know basically like drew Drewzilla tweeted me earlier and he said you know no we're not gay we're just hazing not anything wrong with that but you, you, you hear what i'm saying there's something wrong with a hazing yeah. but you know, it's sort of like I've always stated, like, dudes that dress up as women on Halloween. It's like, nah, it's not Halloween. You just want to wear a dress. <laughs> so you're mocking me when I went as a girl guide. I secretly want to be a woman. Yeah, I can't believe you dressed as a girl guide. <laughs> just imagine you. You want to buy some cookies. Yeah, that's scary. Oh, my God. It's like when Homer Simpson ran into the, the his daughter who looked just like him but British. Like, yeah. like just huge. Hello. It's like, yeah, okay, man. <laughs> yeah, I got it. You'd be pretty scared buying cookies from me. Yeah, but so Carcillo uh, goes on. He goes, I just want to make sure that people understand these uncomfortable truths, that parents understand what really goes on, what's happening. It's like, yeah, yeah, you, know, you could have said something 22 years ago when this happened to you. <laughs> Maybe you could have helped people like along the way. And instead of making tens of millions of dollars, um, Carcello said he reached a breaking point in 2003 when he and six or seven other rookies were stuffed into the washroom on a chartered bus during a 45-minute trip between Sarnia and London, Ontario. As the shirtless players were stuffed into a confined space, Carcello said the veteran players spat their chewing tobacco through an air vent. When they were released from the washroom, Carcello said he and the fellow rookies came out swinging and began fighting their teammates. Now, this, were, this is where a guy actually... Not a good look for this guy is David Branch. 
The, oh, yeah, David Branch, former uh, head of uh, the, the Canadian Hockey League. Yeah, he still is. Yeah. Was it a job for life? Yeah, so yeah. he goes, Carcello told, he said, uh, Carcello said during the, the 2003 season, he told the commissioner of the Ontario Hockey League at the time, David Branch, that it was out of control and that uh, there was a real problem going on and uh, that, you know, I guess Carcello stated he wanted to quit, and blah, blah. And it was the worst time of his life as a kid. And... Uh, Branch said, you know, Branch changed the rules and there's harsh fines for uh, for this stuff. Um, now they're saying uh, that we have a zero tolerance on hazing. But they're full of shit. This stuff still goes on. Of course it does. It goes on. Yeah. Like, this happened like weeks ago. This stuff still goes on right now in the OHL. Yeah, you talk, and you, you, you're you living in New York now, Gabe. Yeah, the same thing happened in St. Mike's. It's happening everywhere, man. This stuff, it's never going to go away. It's just a bunch of, you know, usually like rich, re- weird little freak kids. And they did, I, don't, I don't understand where you get the pleasure or the humor from it. I think it's disgusting. And I'm with you. I wish it was uh, never never involved in any type of sport. They're a bunch of, like, these are, these are the people with the problem. Great point by you. If this guy came forward a while ago, so think about it. If he came forward 20 years ago, think of all the uh, all the things that could have stopped. And I'll tell you this. Well, hey, how many kids e- then have been pissed on and yes, spit yes, on? Yes, exactly. Last, you know, since yeah. 2002. Yeah, and you want to talk about a real story? Talk about, uh, you know, things that, like Sheldon Kennedy. When I was up in Yellowknife, I did the rollerblade across Canada. We did a section of it together when I when I was up there. And that guy was abused by Graham James. You want to talk about, yeah, like, that, 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 that. there's a culture of hockey. It's just sickening, man. Like, some of the, some of the weirdest, nastiest evil people like get involved in it and it, it's 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 gross man you got to get these put these guys behind bars yeah I, my buddy was on the colorado buffaloes and he told me a pretty funny hazing story they're psychos but at least it wasn't uh, perverted it was just violent <laughs> but uh basically to be on the colorado buffaloes they took every freshman and they went uh, they went to the football field in the middle of the night and they lined up on the logo in the middle, and it was a circle, basically, of the of the defensive lineman and the offensive lineman. And you had to fight your way out of the circle. That was the deal. That was the sure. and if you remember, Gary Barnett like lost his job and stuff. You know, remember the the female field goal kicker said that she was sexually uh, she was sexually not uh, abused but harassed. Um, yeah, it was a little out of control. So he told me the story, but so basically they're there, and they didn't kill each other, right? You know what I mean? It was basically they just want to see how tough you were. So basically a couple of kids get in there. They got dropped, and they pick you up and sort of toss you out of the circle and say, welcome, you're a buffalo now. You know what I mean? You're on the team yeah. now. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd, ra- I'd rather take a few, like, punches and kicks. Like, yeah, and, but and, there was and a kid. And dealing with the shower. But so they didn't know, but there was a dude – and you probably remember him too, but there was a dude who was a black belt. He was a wide receiver. <laughs> and he he was a black belt, but they didn't know. So he's a smaller dude and stuff, right? So they throw him in there and you know, all the other kids are a little nervous. And this kid didn't seem as nervous type thing. So he's standing there. First lineman comes up to him, he kicks him in the face. <laughs> like he he drops the guy. Like bam. Like, Lights out. Like Bruce Lee Lights type out. shit. Yeah, he tells me, man, the guy goes Bruce Lee. Drops the first guy. Next guy goes in, goes down. I got him. Goes in, drops him. Buddy, like, went through three, four, like, big dudes. He got to my friend, who was the captain of the team. My friend steps into the circle, and instead of fighting, he sticks his hand out. He goes, welcome to the team, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Handshakes. That's what I do. Shake his hand. Welcome to the team, kid. (laughs) That was Marwin Hage. (laughs) Yeah. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Game Time Decisions continues right here Rage Radio. So, Jeff Perry was the head coach of the Sardia Sting. He said he's very disappointed to hear what happened to him. And, you know, this is this is where he goes on to say, coaches can't know what's going on everywhere. He goes, it's not like I can stand in the shower area for obvious reasons. There's certain areas in a room where I can't monitor as a staff. I can't be everywhere 24 hours a day. You certainly hope that your leadership group, your veteran players, would do the right things. And if these things didn't happen that are alleged by Daniel. So this is this is the this is sort of the that's the, the deal here that this coach just pretends like as if the coach didn't know. See dude, it's not like this is the this is like uh, you're in Metallica and the coach was on his own private charter jet here, Ken. Exactly. They're on the exactly. same you're in, bus, bro. <laughs> like and <laughs> You hear things, you're on the same bus, you travel, and you know those trips. On the Ontario Hockey League, you're on a bus not just for, like, 40 minutes. That's Kim, the shortest Kim, trip. Kim. Sarnia to London, they're, they're going everywhere. You hear everything. In the shower, he can't be there. Yes, he is. It's a locker room with a shower there. Like, there's, like he's acting like, oh, no, I, I can't go in the locker room with a shower. Like, dude, it, you know, you're, you're on a team bus, bro. Like, it's not like this is a big secret. So it turns out, like, um, you know, who owned... Guess who owned the Sarnia Sting at the time? Dino Cicerelli? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember he owned that team. I know. Of course, Craziness. he saved Dino Cicerelli. The Toronto police wanted to arrest for hitting someone over the head with a stick. That's a good point. It all comes full circle. Cicerelli brothers have no comment on this. <laughs> all right, listen. It's unbelievable. Without me it's getting un- sued, but I guarantee you that they knew. Like, And get this, though. The team was sold to former NHLer Darian Hatcher. And David Legwand. Dude, they're all part of the same crew. It is what it is. It's just it's an ugly side of it, as you stated. There's an ugly side of hockey that needs to be eliminated. But we've been talking about this for 20 years, man. This isn't a revelation. You know, I, I got to tell you, too, I was lucky. You know, and listen, I didn't play in the Ontario Hockey League. So I, I Nor can't, did I. Yeah, I can't uh, attest to that. But I was lucky in that I had nothing like this, man. You know, when my coaches, my coaches were the Donnelly brothers, you know, uh, uh, Gord Donnelly, he was an NHL vet, sort of tough guy, nice guy, he played for the Quebec Nordiques. You know, so I, I had a former NHL player as my coach, man, and he never did any of this shit. You know what I'm saying? There was no, he never humiliated people or anything like that. You know, he was cool. He used to tell us, if we win, we're going to go to my house and drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, no, that's kind of like, yeah, I know, yeah, it was, it was like, the opposite. Was nice. let's, like, go, yeah. let's go get hazed. Our hazing is like, let's go do shots. Okay, like, sounds had, good. Yeah, I had that one drunk guy that was a coach, but, you know, that wasn't on, like, the elitist team I played. Like, the best team I played on was when Donnelly was my coach. And, you know, I mean, like, the, the, there was no hazing and stuff like that. It, it really, there really wasn't. You know, there was, there was nothing, nothing to, to this extent where, you know, I, I and what's crazy about this is, this junior stuff, 
it's pretty much at the professional level. Like we said, like the coaches in, uh, in these leagues, uh, in the Ontario Hockey League, they're all like NHL players or NHL coaches. The owners of the teams are generally NHL players. So it's not like there's, oh, it's like, you know, Terry Pagula's at home and he's some rich guy and he has no idea what's going on. You know, and Patrick Waugh, dude, owned the team. He was the coach of the team. He was on the bus. Like, they, it's sort of like the, the, the guy in Saudi Arabia saying, I didn't know that my Secret Service people cut someone up in, in our embassy with a, with, yeah. a, with a hacksaw. I didn't know. I, just, I, I found out about it on the news. It's like, dude, you can't take a piss in Saudi Arabia without that guy giving you approval. Right. Excellent point. And, yeah, and another thing, Marenzi, to, to that to thing, it'd be so nice. Like the, What makes it worse is they all know these things happened, yet nobody has the balls. They, sh- they should do exactly what you do. Say, you know what? This stuff's been going on in hockey for the last 20, 30 years since the history of time. It's sick, and we have to and yeah, it has you, to stop. Instead, instead of no media, comment, they, no comment, no, com- no comment. They of course they do. Of course they do, because they're all buddies. They'll hang out together. They well, go to the bar the, together. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we all know. Everyone knows. All I got to say is we all know about the dude that slept with the nanny. An underage nanny. You know what I mean? Yep. He's he's very active in the game, bro. And he's treated like a hero. You know, like, and there's others, too. It's not a secret. Like, you know, like, dude, there's one guy in the NHL that he used to stalk this girl in Montreal. And he's actually not in league anymore. He was recently sued, actually, too. And I remember at the time, I said, I believe the girl that's suing him. <laughs> I said, I, yeah. I, I, I believe the story 100%. So this guy used to, like, uh, park outside this girl's house, all right, in a rich neighborhood of Montreal. He used to sort of honk and, like, whatever. One day, and it was the daughter of a very prominent surgeon in Montreal. One day, the, the, the surgeon comes out and basically says, you know, my daughter's 16. Right, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and the thing is, yeah, he knew. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he didn't know. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, the player basically said, I'm going to call the police on you. Like, that. Yeah, as well they should. The guy got traded after. Like, it got to the point where the police had to go to the Montreal Canadiens and say, listen, we're going to arrest these guys. There was there was three guys, and they said, we're going to arrest them. Like, because Montreal is sort of like the Vatican, man. If you're on the Canadiens, like, you could do a lot, Cam. You know what I mean? It takes a yeah. lot for them to do. Oh something. yeah, oh, the, like, oh yeah. For, for they protect you. Li- you live there. You did the post game show. You want to talk about protection? You basically have to kill somebody in front of a cop yeah, to even, do anything. Even time them. There. Even you know? then, if you whack someone, if no one knew, they would cover it up. Like yeah, yeah, yeah you're you know right. I mean? yeah, they like, yeah, if they yeah. could get away with it, they would cover it up. Like so, basically, there's sort of like a level of protection. That listen. We're not going to bust you for drunk driving. We're not going to bust you for, like, this bar stuff. Like, anything petty, you're good with. But it got so out of control. It got so out of control that basically, like, the chief, man, like, had to meet with Bob Ganey. And he told him, I can't can't look the other way anymore. Like, it's – this isn't just drunk driving or, you know, you did blow in a bathroom stall. It's – this is – it's way out of control. (laughs) Like, basically – he gave them the list of things that was going on. And the low point was these guys were in a strip club at, like, 5 in the morning. And, of course, they locked the doors. The bar closes at 3. So these guys are in a strip club at, like, 5 in the morning with the dancers and whatever. The, the, the They left the club open for them because, they're on the team. And the place got uh, popped, dude. The place got raided. So there was like piles and piles of blow everywhere and it was really out of control 
and they busted the strippers for possession of the blow. And I guess one of the cops said to like the player, he said, "You're a real low life, man." Like he said, "I know." <laughs> yeah. He said, yeah, "I know, know you guys were involved." He goes, "That we know exactly. this is yours." And he said, "You know," he said, "We can't do anything because you're protected." But and what they did is they told Bob Ganey about it. <laughs> they and Ganey's pretty straight guy, Cam. Like you know, he, they, oh, he's he's Ganey straight. Will have some beers. He'll have some beers. He's he'll, he's a hockey yeah. drinker. Like any, you know, he's like any other hockey guy. Yeah. He can drink sixteen beers and and walk home in a straight line. You know what I'm saying? But yep. he's not this wild man. So when he heard like how far it was, they all got traded like one by one. Ding, 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 ding. One ding. by one. See ya. Yep. Yeah. I didn't tell you the story too, Marenzi. And you know, some of hockey players are the biggest like scumbag like dogs you ever meet. So. I, I want to actually. She was my ex girlfriend from high school. Anyway, she uh, she's now uh, with a, with a buddy of mine too. So they're up in Barrie at this uh, club, Hot Rocks. It was the same thing. Like Shane Corson was there. Same thing. You know, it's like, hey, my buddy's like, hey, you know, a big big hockey fan, whatever. You know, he goes to the bathroom. He starts like trying to feel up my buddy's wife. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. And then he goes, and then so my buddy buy. Uh, but this is before Shane Corson did this. So he goes and buy, buys buys him a drink, whatever. Shane Corson comes back. On his round and gets the guy water. He buys him water. Can you believe? He goes, and then my buddy just goes, you're an effing prick. Like, you know, get away from me and my girlfriend. And, like, the guy's, like, one of the biggest. Like, I remember even when I was dealing with the Leafs, that guy's just a dick. Yeah, you know what's too bad, too? Because I, 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 when he was on the Montreal Canadiens, I was a big fan of his. I thought, I like this style. I, I was, too. Like, player. in hockey, yeah. Like, yeah. I love his hockey style, yeah. but his person, like, he ruined everything. But, yeah, like, he's, wow, yeah, he's, uh. He's, Not a nice man. I was in a I was in a diner once at like five in the morning in Montreal. And I was with two hot chicks, and uh, I went to the bathroom. And I came back, and Corson. Oh yeah, he's there. And Peter Savoda <laughs> took my seat at like the stool, and they're basically like, oh, yeah, off, off. You know what I mean? We're here now, type thing. And I swear, it was like it was the, the it was like the day after they lost to the Bruins. So basically, and Savoda was cooler. He got up and sort of split, but Corson was pretty, you know. And I, I wasn't going to fight with Shane Corson because I know he's crazy, right? And But, Shane, yeah. dude, I can tell you, yeah, Shane Corson, like, he got thrown through, like, a, a plate window glass in Montreal by a Montreal wet player. Corson was mouthing off. Like, it's almost like a rite of passage every year that the NHL team fights the CFL team in Canadian cities because they'll go out, you know, they're out in the same bars and whatnot. But the NHL guys have a lot more attitude because they make a lot more money, right? So they'll mouth off to the CFL players. CFL players might be in the CFL, but they're still much, much bigger. <laughs> and yes, and it doesn't end <laughs> well for the hockey players usually, right? And so basically, Corson got like thrown through like a you know really hard. Like you know, another one too is Darcy Tucker. Oh yeah, yeah. And they're, he's, they're, he's, he's actually changed a lot. Like yeah, he's been humble. He's ha- he's actually really cool. But the last time I talked to him, he was nice. I was gonna say I didn't want to say names, but let's just say there's yeah. dudes in the NHL who go out and party together. One of them's married to the other guy's sister, yet they go out and bang yeah. other chicks together. I know. <laughs> it's That's insane. all you need to know. Like you know, like and then everyone saw oh, hockey guys are the best guys. It's like yeah, they're great guys as long as you're not their wife, sister, girlfriend. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like. Yeah, as long as, yeah, that's the thing. Don't bring don't bring your girlfriend or wife to the team party. That's a, that's a big mistake. <laughs> it's so true. Crazy world. It's so man. true. 
It is. No, no, that guy was the hockey. Such yeah, a the hockey world is a. Uh, oh man, Jesse put me in my face. Uh, I know, I, I know. I retweeted it. It's, it actually works too. <laughs> I know it's awful. My face is Baker Mayfield. It's kind of scary. I, it actually is really scary. I'm looking at it, going, "Oh God." <laughs> <laughs> this guy just takes it up a notch every time. He's so amazing. Like I just, <laughs> I love Cam. <laughs> Sooner Lisa started this one, so uh, yeah, we can blame her, I guess, Baratzi. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she told me. Uh, she sent me a picture with the with the headband, and uh, Jesse had to jump on it. So settle down, Lisa. <laughs> Lisa called in uh, the morning show uh, earlier today, so it's good. Oh, nice. good yeah, good, uh, good to hear from Lisa. Talking about the Sooners? Yeah, she was talking. Oh, we just we were having a lighthearted. Uh, we were taking some calls in a more lighthearted uh, nature this morning. But yeah, she brought up. Uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about the Sooners and point spreads. Eight points in that game. Yep. And, you know, and everyone's the automatic oh that Oklahoma's going to win the game, and you know because Oklahoma has a chance to go to the playoffs right now. They're they're pretty much in a driver's seat. If Georgia doesn't beat Alabama, and they beat Texas, they should get in. But. Beating Texas is no guarantee, actually. We already saw Texas beat them. Are they going to beat them again? I don't know, but the eight points is pretty high, isn't it? I think so. I think Texas, I, I know they played possum against Kansas. That's, that game's not really indicative of how good this team is. You saw a game. That was a neutral site game. Let's remember there, too, in, in the Red River shootout there. So, uh, yeah, I, I would take the points with the Texas Longhorns. I think Herman will have a game plan for Murray to, to slow him down and uh, try try to let somebody else beat you in that game. I remember Texas was up huge in that game, too, and Oklahoma almost came back. They had a flurry of points in the fourth quarter but came up short. Like, Texas was killing them early in that game. I think, I think there'll be some points in that game. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that game might hit, like, 90, 95 yeah, for total sure. It's going to be crazy. I think, but where is it? Where, where do they play this? Sorry, where's the big? Where do they play the big uh, twelve championship game? Don't they play it at uh, Jerry's World? Jerry's. Good call. I think I think it is at Jerry's World. Let me see. Let me find yeah, out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they play the Pac twelve. I know at uh, Levi Stadium. Only Santa only because Clara. I say this like normally I would know oh. right away, but if you recall, there was no Pac twelve championship game before. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. No, it's great. Which I'm is glad ridiculous. They, have one they used to have one. They used to, and then they stopped. Why is Leone wearing a Jacksonville Jaguar jersey? <laughs> yeah. The Bills won. Hey, ask him the same runs he's asking. Hey, Leone, why are you wearing a... Uh... Is it... Since is the it Bills a player? Won. Is it a no-name at the back, or is there a player on the back? Is it Bortles? Oh, okay, okay. Who's on the back? No, I couldn't see. It's it's a Cam Newton. Oh, okay. So it's a Panther jersey, not a Jaguar jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're going colorblind. Well, it's a little monitor. I'm kind of fine. They look kind of the same, dude, from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it does. It, yeah. little, little, I'm looking on a little monitor here. I was just wondering. I was like, what, did he lose a bet or something? But the Bills won the game. Yeah. So, yeah, so I guess you could argue that it's all, it's, you know, it's neutral again. It's in Texas, though, but it's a border rivalry. So Texas and Oklahoma, the game is officially sold out. Yeah, I'm sure that it is. Big time, man. You got a big rivalry, and now you got a, you got a, uh, you got a trip to the playoffs at stake in this rivalry. Big time football game. 
That's what the about, one I'm I know, looking most forward to, to be honest. I, I agree with you. And I know you. I know you like Alabama a lot, but 13 and a half points is a lot of points against Georgia. Like, come on, Gabe. That's Georgia can play with these guys. The problem with Alabama, you know things turn quick. They got a little pick six, and boom, they can cover a number from nowhere really, really fast. Like, you see that Auburn game, they just take over, but that's a lot of points. That's 13 and a half, and Georgia's damn good. That's I'd be taking a look at the dogs. One thing... Um... One thing you noticed the last couple of games uh, against the Citadel, Alabama was tied. Crazy to even say that. But against the Citadel, the game was tied uh, yep. at the half. And then last week against uh, Auburn, even though they ended up smoking Auburn, um, at the half was a close game. Yeah, it was. Auburn was playing. Yeah, no, and Auburn screwed up. You remember the first couple drives, drop balls, drop balls. Like, they could have actually taken a nice lead in that game. Their, their receivers really let Stidham down, and then he kind of, in the second half, he didn't play as well. Then they took over. Yeah, you're right. Auburn, uh, Alabama's been playing possum a little bit. Like, they, they haven't been uh, getting out to big leads, but, you know, come third and fourth quarter, nobody makes better adjustments than Nick Saban and his staff. They just come out and kill you in the second half. Uh, I wanted to get to Ben Roethlisberger, so... Ben Roethlisberger, being the big uh, jerk that he is, for some reason, blames James Washington, um, you know, for dropping the ball the other day. And then, you know, basically went on his radio show the other day and stated uh, about how he's got to make that play. He's been a disappointment and, you know, he's got to play better. And uh, then he even said, he goes, you know, the coaches really got into him yesterday while watching the tape of the game. So then why are you bringing this up then if it's already been handled, if the coaches you know yeah. took care of it right you think you're the coach. coach yeah and here's another so thing today he, today he says nice throw. he said i've earned the right to criticize my teammates it's like dude like the more ben talks the more of a dickhead you just really you know people see is yeah he's a jerk he just is that last ball would have been intercepted by anybody that was a bad decision on the rpo that's his fault yeah yeah you know what you have earned the right to criticize your teammates but you're not showing any leadership by criticizing a kid that's been in the league for two and a half months He's a dick. Game time decision continues. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, level two, we'll get Gamblu on. Gamblu in Arizona. Is Lou with us already? I think Yang's lining him up right now. Light him up, Yang. Light him up. Love Lou. We'll get into the DFS a little bit uh, a little bit later on. Nice call by you last night with the the Sabers. The Sabers. They score. Held on to win. Blew a two-goal lead, but win in overtime. 
Yeah, how can I uh, how can I pass up the Sabers? They had nine game win streak. And, uh, they are hot. 90. They are hot. Like I, I, I know I don't talk to Blessing. Doesn't call me anymore. He's too busy. But once in a while, he'll just give me a call. Hey, how about those Sabers? You know, like we just start talking. Like Gabe, they're a different team. They're, they're starting to really figure it out. It's taken Housley a while, but now they're playing way better defensively. They're getting good goaltending. Skinner's been amazing for these guys. Skinner. No, he really has been. It's been a nice run. Uh, it's been a nice run for the uh, the Buffalo Sabres. And, you know, it's um, it's been a long time since they've been a relevant uh, hockey team. I don't think they made the playoffs since 2011, I believe it no. is. I think that's the I year. I'm going to go up to Buffalo and watch a game there. I, I, tickets are still dirt cheap. Like, the people there, it's just, it's unbelievable. They actually have a nice product there. And uh, they used to give them away. When I used to go to the casino, go to Casino Niagara, you could get, like, basically free tickets if you played enough blackjack. But uh, I think it's uh, well worth the trip now. No, the Sabres will be a hot ticket in in Buffalo this winter, especially if they can you know they can continue to yeah. compete uh, like this. But uh, Housley's a good coach. Eichel's a hell of a player. Finally, Eichel has some talent around him and some help around him, and he enjoys going to the rink. I read an interview with Eichel actually today. Um, uh, and he was basically stating that it was real hard, man, the first couple of years in the league in Buffalo like that. He was questioning things, and you know he basically stated that he didn't want to accept losing. He said, and, you know, he's a smart kid, man. He said a lot of people, you know, sort of just, you know, realize, you know what? Life doesn't suck. I'm in the NHL. I'm a millionaire. I'm banging hot chicks. Let's not get all depressed because I'm on a bad team and I live in Buffalo. Right? Like, you know, sort of the attitude. But he said, I couldn't I couldn't fall into that trap of just being happy to be in the NHL. He said it pissed me off. And he said he was miserable every night just because they sucked. And he said, now it's different. You know, he said, now I feel like we actually have a chance to win. And, and they're actually pretty tempered, too. They, they're not talking smack. He said things can nope. change in a hurry. But he goes, I do believe we're going in the right direction. And they, they clearly are. Let's bring Lou in right now. Gamblue. Dot com. What's up, Lou? Lou. Not too, not too much, gentlemen. Great to share insight with you. And uh, happy Wednesday. We appreciate your time, uh, as always, uh, Lou. So I'm getting that weird... Uh, that talk back right now yeah you've been uh really i don't know what it is on microphone or headphones like it's just blasting in my ear i don't know what's going on but uh, um we'll, the george, we'll deal with it the george guy actually he, is saying it's on your end cam really yeah but it's not the end of the world you don't have a major problem but we won't do it I right just now unplugged it's not you better, Lou. i just unplugged it's not you it's not you. no it's me it's it's here i guess then, yeah. Lou. so yeah. he told me he thinks your headset is too loud or what, basically, what you got to do is just turn everything down, dude, and we'll we'll figure it out. But not right now during this lose segment since okay. uh, lose with us. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, we'll do it another time. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, because this is like Chinese water torture. I can't. <laughs> I can't do three hours a day every day with like a talk back. I'm, I, I'm buddy. Saying. I'm I'm with you too, and it's blowing my ears. So we'll, we're gonna fix it for sure. Yeah, you just gotta you know just mess with the volumes of the levels. Of well, I'm sorry about that, guys. That's I, not you, I Luke. Love to- no, I know, but I love the I, I love the threesome. One on one, I won't know what to do. I'll have an extra hand here. <laughs> yeah, all of that sounded very wrong, Lou. Uh, all that very, very, very wrong. Um, no, no, you you sound fine, Lou. So uh, yeah, how you doing? So yeah, we're just talking about the Buffalo Sabers and uh, the Buffalo Sabers uh, run right now. Ten wins in a row, Lou. It's been a long time since the Buffalo Sabers have been this good. And uh, you know what? They actually have the best. They have the most points in the league right now. And in fact, I guess uh, they're they're they went from worst to first. Last year they were worse, and this is the furthest along. Twenty-five games in that a team 
has been in first place overall in the league after being dead last in the league last year. Are you buying into the Sabres yet, Lou? Are you, are you believing? Are you believing? Or is it a wait and see? Yeah, I have to be honest with you. Uh, the first I saw that the Sabres were even mentionable was when you just brought it up. I do not even begin to open the books on hockey until January. So I'm sorry to be so uh, unprepared with regard to hockey, but here's what I'll say as a dynamic hockey fan. Uh, it only behooves Buffalo uh, to have a team and a young team that's, that's rising. It's a great hockey area. Uh, the NHL needs Buffalo to be good, and I bet it's been, what, maybe, uh, do I have to go all the way back to, like, LaFontaine before, or or the, the, the goalie Miller maybe 15 years ago? But it's been two decades almost, right? Um, they made the playoffs in 2011. But, yeah, you're right. I, I'd say the last time the Sabres were a relevant franchise for real, like Cam, was when Ryan Miller was there. Yeah, and even before that, Dominic Hasek, those well, teams those were very, very, yeah. But yeah, I'm saying yeah, since then, since relevance. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, yeah. They've been pretty irrelevant for about a decade. Well, it's time, and I'm all for it. I love to see new blood uh, mix it up in there. I don't even know what kind of hockey they're playing. High scoring, uh, but hockey. I'm look. Pardon me. Higher scoring. They can score. Oh, it is. Well, that's kind of where everything. That's kind of where everybody's going. I see they have a plus eleven, and they've won ten in a row. So that's just great to see. I'm I'm glad you guys are tapped into hockey. And after listening to you and Cam talk about it last year, I'm perfectly willing to completely yield to Cam's opinion on hockey right now because I know he's watching it, and I'm not. I'll give you, Gabe, a little bit of credit for that pick last night, too, Marenzi. It would have been nice. Uh, we hit Colorado as a pooch, but uh, Vancouver losing in overtime could have been a real profitable night, eh, buddy? We did okay, though. What happened in the Philadelphia game? They blew the lead, but they ended up winning anyways in the end? No, Ottawa did. Oh. Uh, you, you, if you, actually, if you would have bet all dogs, you would have made money last night. I all was. the dogs. Yeah. Well, I you, said you bet that. blind dogs. Yeah, exactly. I said that yesterday, that the Flyers, how the hell could the Flyers, I know they were up, they blew like a multi-goal lead. I didn't know what they won after, but I didn't get in on it. I couldn't bet every game. Um. Yeah, but that's that's unbelievable. Like that, the Flyers are minus two sixty or whatever last night. Is that that's just ridiculous? All right, Lou. So uh, we'll get into the hockey um, in, in the January, etc. As we move forward, but um, let's talk about some football right now before we get an MMA. You have the uh, the Saints and the Cowboys. Saints and Cowboys on Thursday night football. Yeah. Uh, fi- finally, you know, a, a really awesome. Thursday night game. Awesome as the game is, it doesn't change the dynamic disadvantage to the team that has to travel. And granted, it's New Orleans, and everyone wants to go ahead and put palm leaves down and let them right into the city like saviors because they've already won everything. But I don't like the spot for New Orleans. Uh, Nobody wants to get in the way of this train uh, and it's it's really when you look at it, it, when you look at how these teams match up, uh, you have a, a New Orleans Saints defense that's number three against the run against a team in Dallas is going to want to run the ball. So right there is going to be where this game is going to be decided because th- there's no way Dallas can score with this group, and they can't play from behind. 
So how the New Orleans Saints defense plays against the Cowboys will be critical. I love the Cowboys with a little momentum, uh, the little engine that could. They play better at home than they do on the road, and now you're going to give me seven and a half points. I'll be happy to take the Cowboys in seven and a half. Well, that's the yeah, thing. Lou, one of, the Cowboys, one of my books had eight. The Cowboys, eight though, they're, they're a horrible team at home to bet on, the Cowboys, but they're normally favorites. As a favorite. Yeah, they're, nor- favorite, they're normally as, favorites. Like, given, yeah, they're not. Right. I don't really recall when they've been this big of a home dog you know, in recent years, at least. They're just generally not. Um, I keep waiting for it to be a flat spot for the Saints, but it just doesn't happen. They, they you know, they've covered nine weeks in a row. Yes, and and believe me, I've been in the way of it a couple of times. But the the way I have to try and do things is consistent. And I can tell you that the public's going to be on New Orleans. Uh, the makers are going to need Dallas, and I'm going to sit right in the makers' lap. I'm with you, Lou. I'm on. I'm on the Cowboys. I got eight. I think it's a really good spot for them. Like you and Gabe, you know, we've stepped in front of these guys before, but I think this is the perfect week week to get ahead. They got momentum. Saints on a short week. I could really just see, like, the Saints having a real problem with this game, maybe creeping out a win, but I don't think they cover the touchdown. I'm with you. Do you got an opinion of the total? Yeah, because I think it's correlated. I mean, clearly, if you like Dallas, you have to think this number is going to slip under the total, and I think 52-5. It, it, that's what scares me about this game because that's a New Orleans total. Uh, and so I'm a little bit scared. I'm scared of that high a total. But I have to think that if I like Dallas in the 7.5, I'm absolutely correlated to the under 52.5 in that game uh, based on Dallas's ability to not be able to attack New Orleans where they're weak. New Orleans is weak in pass defense, and I don't think – just because Amari Cooper had one good week, that Dallas is going to all of a sudden go back there and and fill it up 40 times. They're going to run Zeke and try and take time off the clock, and I hope it works. I don't think it will. I don't. I don't think it will. I don't think it will work. You know, the Saints actually, ironically, they have the league's best run defense now, 72 yards a game. But I think it's kind of deceptive. No one really tries to run on the Saints because they're trailing. That's right. They're exactly. all, they're good trailing. point. Good, yeah. good point, Gabe. Really good point. Yeah. So that that's where these stats and yard stats can be very, yeah. very deceptive. Well, I'll tell you what. I got a Molson Golden on uh, Dallas and seven and a half. How's that? Molson Golden. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if they make that beer anymore, Lou, but, uh, yeah, I like it. All right, give, give, give me a moose head. Then, then yeah. make it a moose head. <laughs> Shit, I don't know. Like, like... I used to drink Molson Golden because it was cheap. Molson Golden. Remember those commercials? Game? Golden Molson. They had, like, that Swedish guy. Yeah, yeah. Molson Golden's, a good... Molson Golden's actually, it was a pretty smooth brew for the price. <laughs> yeah, remember the old uh, beer, uh, Brodeur. Oh, that stuff's dark. Cool. Yeah. Thick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You sound great now, Marenzi. I don't know what Yang did, but like I'm not getting the crazy static now. Wow, it's just amazing. I don't know what's it going. Does. Yang's the man, man. He sure he is. Well, he figured out something. Yeah, he would have been. He's the dude that spins the music too, isn't he? He would have been a bigger man if yep. he figured this out like earlier in the show, as opposed to, <laughs> or. 
or without without me bitching about it constantly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> the star can say that, Cam. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> He's frustrated, uh, Louie, because he hears me an echo and I hear him blowing my ears. It's just one of those things that we do from distance. But hey, we love having you on, Lou, and uh, we're having fun. It did make a difference, though. It did. Make oh, it really did, Gabe. No, like honestly, it's night and day now. Like I'm not. Uh, I, I, wow, thank you. Yeah, but yeah. You guys even got clearer on my end. Yeah. See, there seems to be perfect. A tendency, perfectly. There seems to be a tendency with everybody that we're just happy that we're on. It's like, well, don't touch yeah, anything. No, no, no. Don't touch no, anything no. after. It's like, no, no, no. You got to touch something. Start, start. Exactly. Uh, I was. Dogs around. <laughs> <laughs> you got always, shrapnel in my ears. Yeah, you can always go back to where they were. All right. So, you guys like the Cowboys? Lou says Cowboys under. Cam, you're on the Cowboys. I'm all over the over in this football game. One thing, you know, the Dallas Cowboys are strange. They're not really playing the form right now in which we talked about it. I mean, they are only 28 and 31 straight up, all right, in this stadium. So since they moved into the stadium, they actually have a losing record at home. Straight up. They've always been a bad home favorite. Yet, if you look at this year... You know, they got the cover against the Redskins. They beat the crap out of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've actually played pretty well at home this year. And, you know, I've got to give them credit for that. Something that would surprise some people because they do play that ball possession and they let the play clock go down all the time. And they used to do that when Romo was there even. That's just Jason Garrett's thing. And it used to be, they used to be an under team. You know, they were like, um, in 16 games, they were like 13-3 and to the under. They're actually 3-1 and to the over their last four games. I think they're starting to see right now. Linehan's on the hot seat, the offensive coordinator. He's being called out for being too conservative and too repetitive. You know, I think they're they're, and they also realize that you need to score in this year's NFL. Like you can't. It's very difficult to win just running the ball and playing you know traditional football. You got to come up with big plays and big chunk plays and quick. And Amari Cooper's brought that for them in the last couple of weeks. So I'll give them credit. That's why I think there will be points put up on the board in this game. And as good as the Cowboys' defense is, I don't think they're going to slow down. Uh, they, you know, they might slow Drew Drew Brees down a bit, but I still think the Saints are going to get into the 30s. Uh, that's all uh, legitimate uh, positioning right there, Gabriel. I, I, I don't know that I argue with it. My position on the under is only based on me feeling Dallas does have to take the air out of the ball. Uh, I'll stand with Dallas in the seven and a half. It's just too much on a short week in Dallas, uh, especially giving me the hook. And I'll pull your over in somehow, some way. Uh, Dallas scores, you know, 28, then the thing goes over easy for you. And one thing we should note, too, it's a Thursday game, but don't forget, both these teams played on Thanksgiving last week. Correct. Yep. So they've had a full seven days off. Very good point. All right. Uh, let's see. So, hey, our boy, uh, <laughs> our boy Wiley Coyote just sent me a picture of the uh, of the Wiley. Uh, Wiley Coyote just sent us a picture of a door. I got Yang showing me a text message while everyone's talking to me here, and I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> Back to live action, fellas. <laughs> Lou, I, I got to ask you, Lou. You know what? Uh, the Arizona game is interesting to me. Like, I remember the last time they were 14-point pooches. They went into Arrowhead, and I think they were actually 16-point underdogs in that game. They ended up covering. 
Green Bay's been very, very bad. I, I know Arizona got smoked by Phillip Rivers and the Chargers, but what do you think, Lou? 14 points? That's a lot of points for Green Bay to be lay, lay, laying at home after such a disappointing season, too, buddy. What do you think? Yeah, and, and you know I'm always, uh, I'm always looking dog first. However, as I started to look into this game to make my case for the dog, I came out the other way. And I think Green Bay going to blow the doors off this team. I think what we saw out of San Diego last week was an unbelievable offense. And, and that's what we have with Green Bay. And let's not forget, this is going to be cold and windy. Uh, and with cold and wind, you've got a rookie quarterback. And Josh Rosen went to California for college. Has he even ever seen snow? So uh, there, there's a lot of reasons for me to think. All right, we'll continue this on the other side here. Hold on. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Use as directed. Game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio will hit the DFS in the 6 o'clock hour. Ten games on the NBA slate uh, tonight. Got a golf lineup for you, too, Gabe. The Hero World Challenge. Ooh. The Hero World Challenge. Yeah, only 18 guys. I need a hero. 18 guys, 18 players. All right, so we'll get into that. We've got some NBA lineups uh, for you. Um, I guess Aaron Gordon's out tonight, right? So we'll go over the... uh, he should be out. Aaron Gordon, the Orlando Magic, um, should be out this evening, which should open up some opportunities uh, for DFS purposes. Um, but uh, we'll run through that a little bit later on. We're talking NFL. We'll get to some UFC. It's chaos here in the pit uh, today. Um, yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of things going on there, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. You're just like... God help. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> yeah, basically, I don't know if you remember the episode of The Simpsons when uh, it's like the bowling alley one when Homer quits and he goes back and uh, he says, uh, you know what? I really thought uh, you were going to fire me, Mr. Burns. Thanks for getting my job back. He goes, oh, no, no, it's fine. He goes, uh, but I just want you to remember, and they put the plaque up, you're here forever. You're for- <laughs> forever, forever, yeah. forever. Yeah, you're here forever. <laughs> So, uh, so let's get uh, Lou, Lou back in here. So uh, Lou's, um, Lou's talking about this this Cardinal game, and um, you know Cardinals are weird. It's a weird time of the year right now in the National Football League. Laying fourteen points always treacherous, Lou. Yeah, it's always treacherous. However, I mean, you, you gotta feel a little for Green Bay. Uh, I, I got no confidence. And, and first of all, let me say this slate is really, really high on mis- mismatches 
and games that really mean very, very little. I'm going to be extremely selective this week. So while while Dallas plus seven is a bet for me, or excuse me, Dallas plus seven and a half is going to be a bet for me. The, this game here, Green Bay, Cam asked my opinion. I'm saying Green Bay because I think there's a number of factors to like them. Uh, most importantly is after their bye, they had the Rams, New England, uh, home against Miami, at Seattle on a Thursday, at Minnesota. Now they get Arizona and Atlanta. Uh, listen, make no mistake about it. No one in that Green Bay locker room has quit. They see that they can beat Arizona and Atlanta, both games at home, uh, for, for with teams that aren't used to outdoor, cold, Green Bay kind of weather. Then they have a manageable schedule the rest of the way. Uh, this could be the get-right game for Green Bay, and that's how I would have to attack it. But I probably won't. I, I'm not laying 14 points, and I'm not teasing it down seven points and laying seven either. I'll, I'll watch this game. You know, the Green Bay Packers, the one thing that they have responded, they've done well in this spot. Um, you know, it's been a disappointing year for them. Looks like it could be the end of the line for Mike McCarthy. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the golden boy who never gets any of the blame, even though he deserves uh, some of it as well. But you look, they beat the Buffalo Bills 22 nothing. They beat, um, they handled uh, the, the Miami Dolphins in a spot like this where they covered the number. It seems like you stated this is, you know, they, they get frustrated, they get frustrated, and then they win against an inferior opponent. They cover the number, and then they go back out and they get frustrated uh, again. Now, speaking of inferior opponents, the Buffalo Bills are in action. Uh, Bills and the Miami Dolphins. You know, Cam, the number was five earlier in the day. I see it's down to four and a half right now. But there's one thing, and you don't need Mark Lawrence's database to tell you this, that the Bills own the Dolphins. They always beat them. Like, Ryan Tannehill has his worst numbers in his life, man, against the Buffalo Bills. There's just something about it. The Bills just always sack Tannehill. He has bad times. And the Bills are seven and three against the spread the last ten times. Getting four and a half, five points in this game now. Uh, yep. I like the Bills here, Cam. Also, Morency, think about this. Not a true home game for Miami. What is? What did Blessing tell us a long time ago? This is Buffalo's travel game. People transplanted Western New Yorkers going to Miami for a little fun in the sun. It's always packed with Bills fans in this game. It's not a true home field advantage for the Dolphins. Getting four and a half, and I loved what I saw from Allen last week. I'm not laying points with Miami. I'm with you, Gabe. Give me, give me, give me the Buffalo Bill at plus four and a half. What do you think of that game, Lou? Yeah, I'm going to respectfully disagree with both because Miami at five and six is in the thick of a playoff race. Uh, while everybody's willing to dismiss them, uh, you're asking me now on the basis of one game against a hapless Jacksonville team to back uh, the Buffalo Bills on the road in a division game against a familiar foe, and the game means everything to the familiar foe. I think this line stinks. Um, I, I myself think that Miami could well be a play. It was a six and a half uh, at the uh, look ahead line, Miami. And now by waiting, I get a couple of points of advantage. So I'm going to let the Buffalo Bill players heap on the bills and bring that line down. Then I'm taking Miami at home. Interesting. Very interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. They played good against the Colts last week. They could have won that game, too. I'll give Miami a little bit of credit. You know, they played really good in that football game. 
61% of the spread tickets have been purchased on Buffalo, but only 43% of the money. So Miami's get garnering the fewer wagers, but the bigger wagers. I like my position. Yeah, and one thing, too, Buffalo have not shown an ability to play well back-to-back weeks, if you notice, this year. Very good point. And people fall for it sometimes, and I fall for it, too, right, where you're like, oh, you didn't bet on the Bills one week, but you took them the following week, and then they sucked the following week. Yet, they have Josh Allen back now, and like you said, Cam, you know, I've been sort of up in the air and back and forth with Josh Allen. I have my reservations and my doubts. You know, the jury's still out. We haven't seen him enough. And they held the, they had the, the training wheels on him too much earlier in the season. Yep. So we see now, like with a pass like he threw the other night with a 77-yard touchdown pass like that, it'll allow the coaching staff more confidence to just sort of say, all right, let's see what we have here and let this kid air it out. But he's got that it factor. You can tell he's... Uh, he does. You know, you can tell he's not intimidated. He's not... It's not overwhelming. It's not intimidating. He's, look at the receivers that he has, Gabe. Like, yeah. and, and, and the things he did with his legs, he throws bullets. Take a look at the other rookie quarterback class. Ever, oh, oh, Sam Darnold, whatever. I, 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 we watched him. He's hurt now, but I'll tell you, Allen played a lot better. He's been doing good. He's the guy that gets no respect out of these guys, but I've watched him, and he seems to be growing, and he has major foot speed as well. I like the progress of Allen. I think he, and he's working with uh, uh, half a deck when you look at the receiving core. <laughs> yeah, he is, to say, to say the least. So the Dolphins are four and a half, like Lou stated. Their season's on the line here. I think they know they're kind of screwed, and they are. They don't have the tiebreaker now. The Colts are six and five. They own the tiebreaker against them, but they are technically still alive. So speaking of being screwed, Carolina Panthers were cruising along, man. They were a six and three football team. They were all but assured a spot in the playoffs, and here they are now. They're suddenly six and five, and they've got a difficult schedule. I mean... They've got Tampa this week. They get Cleveland next week. But then it's Saints, Falcons, Saints. So they have to play the Saints twice. And the way it is with the Rams and stuff, we'll see how it plays out. Maybe the Panthers will get lucky and the Saints will tank the last game of the year if if they're in a position that they can. But the fact that the Rams never lose, the Saints might have to try all the way through here. You know what I mean? They're not going to want to cough up that home field. So they might be hell-bent to go 15-1. and one. Uh, if possible. So you got Carolina going into uh, to Tampa Bay. It's amazing what a couple of difference a week, a uh, couple of weeks can make, but I actually think Tampa, um, all right, you know, I think Tampa are done. And I think that uh, Carolina should be able to get it done here. I hate laying points on a row with Carolina, though. They're a bad road team. You have any take? What's your opinion on that game, Lou? Yeah, I mean, the look ahead was four and a half. Now it's tighter. Carolina, three and a half. And I, I, I really would. I really want to like. I, I want to like Carolina here. I want to figure out a way. This is going to be their first of two uh, road games, and I do like the fact that between Carolina and New Orleans and, and all those uh, all those division games that are backloaded in the NFC South, so there's still a lot to be had. But w- while I want to like Tampa. Uh, let's not mistake that yet uh, last week they, they were plus in the turnover ratio and they're still minus 23 in the turnover ratio. They move the ball all over the joint. And how do they do that? Via the pass. Tampa Bay has a very potent pass attack and it's Carolina's pass defense that is their Achilles heel and that has, is the reason they're six and five. Uh, so uh, I really want to try and find ways to like Tampa Bay here. 
Um, even though the look ahead is showing some value on Carolina, uh, this is a game I'm kind of watching. Uh, but the 54 and a half uh, over under seems to take me to think that that the right side's the home team, Tampa Bay, uh, in in a game that would could probably get to 60 points just as easy as uh, the Chiefs and the Rams did the other night. You bet in this game, Ken? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I, 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 and I'll tell you something, Renzi. When we had Whale Capper on, he was almost conceding. I wish he gave you the money a little bit less, whatever. I'm getting scared now. Screw the cover. They just got to win the damn ball game. You said it. Carolina on the road is a train wreck. Tampa Bay, lose right. One thing about Tampa Bay is their offense can score, but they make big, big bad mistakes at the worst times. Uh, I got to believe, though, Cam and Carolina are going to show up this game. They understand this is slipping away from the Morenci, so they're, they're a good enough team to get it done against Tampa Bay. High total. Eileen Carolina, maybe by three. I, I won't be betting this game right now. I don't, see, I don't see an edge for Tampa Bay or Carolina. Very good number. Tough game. An interesting game is the Houston yeah. Texans laying six points against uh, the Cleveland Browns and uh, Big Mouth Baker yeah. Mayfield uh, <laughs> rolls, rolls into H-Town here. Take on now. I think for betting purposes, I think there's going to be points in this game, and I'm going to I'm going to go over to 48. Um, you know, the, the, the Deshaun Watson and the Texans are going to move the ball in the Browns, and Mayfield will make a couple of plays here. Now, you could argue that it's a letdown spot, Lou, for for Houston. Not a great spot coming off the Monday nighter, you know. But they've won eight games in a row right now, and they're sort of in a similar situation to Dallas that they're sort of going against the grain suddenly. You know, we always say, oh, Houston don't blow anybody out. They don't cover. But suddenly they are sort of winning more easily and more convincing. Deshaun Watson really is just that good. He's that much of a difference maker uh, for the Houston Texans. You know, what turns out what could be a sack for other teams, he turns into a 34-yard gain. Uh, what do you make of this one? I'll start with you, Cam, on this with the six points here. I'm sure you like in the Browns plus six, right? You, yeah, you know me, Marancy. We've known each other for a long time. I do think it's, uh, even though Houston's been playing great football, I'm thinking this is going to be a little bit of a look-ahead spot, and they're not going to take Cleveland seriously. One thing we know about the Browns is, hell, they they battled everybody. Hey, they could have beat the Saints, Gabe, but we know how good the Saints are. They were murdering uh, Cincinnati before they let up a bit. They had a big lead in that game. Six points looks like a lot of points. I believe Cleveland and Baker Mayfield, we don't like the bandana. I really don't care if they can put up points against Houston. Tennessee ha- had things rolling early. I think Six is too many points. I'm taking Cleveland Brown, baby. Lou, what do you think, Lou? Yeah, that's compelling. I'm I'm torn in this game um, because now we we used to love to hate Cleveland, and now they win their first road game in a huge emotional game in how many years? And now they go on the road again for the second straight week, and everybody's just the, the Cleveland Browns like your best friend that you lost and you haven't seen in 20 years all of a sudden. Uh, look ahead line in the game was seven. Now it's, it's down to six. And uh, quite honestly, I, 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 I want to agree more that I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. But when you start to win and then you get and you win eight in a row uh, and you and you have a tough defense and a young quarterback and guys like Lamar Miller making 97 freaking yard runs on you, it, then you got mojo going for you. And I think this is might be a bad time for Cleveland to be stepping in front of Houston, a team at home. Now, all that said. Uh, who does Houston play next week? It's Indiana, uh, Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. So they could be caught here, you know, doing a little snoozing, and 
there's plenty of money. Uh, Houston's the public side. So uh, those are my comments. No real strong positioning on the game either way, though. Cincinnati Bengals are, uh, are, are, have hit the wall. It was amazing. Last year they were supposed to fire Marvin Lewis. They were going to get rid of Andy Dalton. They don't. They bring these guys back. They start off the season strong. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder. And it looks like, you know what, this Bengal team looks like a playoff caliber football team. When it's all said and done, man, they're probably going to end up being a 6-10 and 10 team. And I think Andy Dalton might have played his last down for the Cincinnati Bengals. So Jeff Driscoll goes here. And it's funny, though, like you said, Lou, it's, it's amazing what a difference a couple of weeks makes as far as the odds and the perceptions in, in this league. And, Cam, now suddenly the Denver Broncos are four-and-a-half-point road favorites on the road here. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, Gabe, um, I don't really like what I've seen from Cincinnati. We, we remember Jeff Driscoll from Florida and then transferring to Louisiana Tech where he had a next college career. I don't think it's not even going to be that much of a downgrade. As for Denver, big emotional win against Pittsburgh, but now they have to take their show on the road. They're a horrible road team. Remember the earlier game against the Ravens? That's the one thing about Denver. I love them at mile high as a dog. I don't like to lay points with the Broncos as a road favorite. I get it. Cincinnati's bad. They will play with pride. They will battle. I think Joe Mixon will have a big day here. He will gash them. I will take the five points with Cincinnati and hold my breath, Marenzi, because they stink. Lou, any opinion on the Bronco Bengals? None whatsoever. <laughs> what do you think, Gabe? I, would, what do you, <laughs> I, got, I mean, there's so much unknown. I got no clue on that. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like the it. points. I'm not betting. No, I, I lean Cincinnati. I'm not going to go to the window and say everything on Cincinnati, but laying five with Denver on the road after beating Pittsburgh, I don't think that's a good it's idea. suicide. I totally agree with that, Cam. That's suicide. It is. So he already said Driscoll probably plays well in his first start, and they probably they probably covered him. They're at home. Yeah. They're at home. I, li- I like the rookie, the kid it. at home. Yeah, yeah I, I'll I, take the points. I don't think you. I don't think Denver. You can justify Denver being four and a half point road favorites. Exactly. Now speaking of road favorites, the Indianapolis Colts, another scorching hot team. An important game for them. The Jack season is done. They're three and eight. I would expect major changes. They already fired the offensive coordinator, but it's going to be worse. Bortles is going to be done. We'll see if Marone gets fired. I don't think they're going to trade for Netta Ramsey, but I think Coughlin is sort of losing his patience here uh, with, the, with the character of this football team, specifically Fournette. I think, I think Fournette's really upsetting them. Um, the Colts, though, four-point road favorites uh, here. Colts seem like they've been at home every week, Cam. It seems like every, ga- every, game, every game the Colts yep. play, they've been playing in that dome up there in the last month or so. But now they've got to go on the road. Uh, what, what do you make of that game? Colts... Uh, Colts uh, four-point four road favorites, man. Gabe, it's kind of like you with underdogs in the NHL last night. I'm feeling that way about home dogs, and I'm, I, I like a lot of them this weekend. They're ugly, ugly home dogs. Like, lose right. You don't want to pet these dogs. You know, they got one eye. They got fangs. They're, they got rabies. But I'll tell you something. Jacksonville at home is a different team than them on the road. I think they're going to play inspired football. As for Indianapolis, I wasn't very impressed with the game against Miami. They came back and won, but you said it, Marenzi. They've been at home in the comforts of home. Now you're going to Jacksonville. I got a lean to uh, the Jaguars at plus four. Not my favorite game, but a lean. All right, quick break. We'll come back a couple of more minutes with our main man, Lou. We'll get into UFC. And uh, a couple other cool NFL games. Uh, Patriots and Vikings, a good one. Ooh, yeah, good one. The Sunday Nighter Chargers Steelers as well. Game time decisions, Ready Rage Radio continues. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Game Time Decisions, Ready to Bridge Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Gabriel Morenzi, Cam Stewart alongside. Did you guys get your grilled you get your grilled cheese today, Gabe? I did have a grilled cheese earlier today. Nice. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna have after the show. Just getting it prepped up, made up some bacon, got some sharp cheddar going. Grilled cheese it is, friend. Yeah, the grilled cheese with Texas toast. Uh, from uh, from Al's. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'll grab a turkey dinner on the way home. Wow, that sounds amazing. So my man Frank Stample knows I uh, I gotta get my daily dose of uh, mashed potatoes. I love mashed potatoes, yeah, too. With you, I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I go to KFC sometimes just for the mashed potatoes. Then I got to take home chicken, but I, I, my initial target is the potatoes with I gravy. Ate, I ate at KFC the other night when I was in square one in the food court. How was it? Good? It was actually pretty good. Yeah, I told you. The, in the, in well, the suburbs, Yang, Yang, they do it up better. Yang's they do like, it up no, better. no, 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 KFC. What, what's your deal with KFC? Yeah, what's your problem? You like uh, Popeyes? No, Yang doesn't eat fast food, he says. Settle okay, out, Grabs. Okay. <laughs> some, of us, some of us live uh, out here, and we don't have a choice, all right? Uh, uh, Lou, Lou's with us. Lou, uh, you like fried chicken, Lou? You eat a Popeye's or Kentucky Fried Chicken? Honestly, I'm a fried chicken eating fool. Me too. I love it. I eat it every I lo- day. I so love you're a connoisseur, I, I, so what do you prefer? Do you like them all? What do you prefer? We got we got a little local joint here called Lolo's Chicken and Waffles, and they fry some chicken breasts Ooh. up. They put on these waffles that are so god goddamn good that I just can't describe many better way than that. I mean, uh, it's awesome. But I will say, I I, I got no problem with KFC. Um, uh, we also uh, I, I, and I have no problem with Popeyes. Uh, if it's fried, if good fried chicken, homemade, it, it's great. Now, you guys are eating uh, grilled cheese tonight. I got um, a very spicy green uh, curry going with some chicken nice. that I'm gonna oh, good. fire up with some asparagus tonight. Uh, healthy, healthy, it, Lou. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, I'm gonna put it over rice, but I just oh. I really love Thai food and curry. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, big fan. So do I. I. Cleans the, the system out of, too, eh? Right? Yeah, it cleans the system. Yeah, curry. Out too. Oh, curry's great. Yeah, it'll sweat it out, and that's actually great antioxidants. Sweat out all yeah. that booze you drink, Cam. It's a good point. No, Joe, Joe's been on the road so much. He says he's making me a curry on Saturday. I can't wait. It's actually like vitamins to me, man. When I eat that curry, I feel a lot better. You're right, Gabe. Oh, it's no, very it's good for great. you. I'm a fan of the butter. I want a butter chicken. I was looking up, but it ain't called butter chicken here. So I think it might be hmm. called chicken tikka. Oh, tiki, yeah, like tiki korma. 
yeah, yeah. They, they use a, they use a tandoori uh, oven to cook. Oh, man, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Delicious, delicious. There's an Indian restaurant down the street. I think I might go there after. I tell myself this every day. And then yeah, after, do it today. I always do yourself end up, a favor. Yeah, I always end today. up with the easy way. I'm like, oh, I'll get a pizza from the place across the street from my house. Nah, try something different, Marenzi. Mix it up like go George Costanza. Do the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I could use. I could help. I could help to do 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 the opposite. All right. <laughs> uh, back off the fry. It's funny. Every couple of yeah, weeks, yeah, we're talking I, about I, I, salivating. Chicken. You know, there's, there's speaking of fried chicken though. There's a new place right down the street from us right now. Except there's always a damn lineup. Jollibee's Chicken. It's a Filipino fried chicken outlet. Oh, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Very popular, evidently. It's in Toronto. Yeah, I know, There's I one in Toronto. I want to know about it once, once you get there. I want to know. I, I want a full report. Lou, there, yeah. there hasn't, every time I walk past, there's a lineup. It's funny, Gabe. They're putting that's, that's one you know uh, in my good. backyard, too. They're putting one in my backyard. Big Filipino community here. They're, they've yeah. asked for it. They're getting it. Yeah, they're building one. It's the largest fried and chicken. And who's in line? Who's in line? It's mostly it's, br- it's Filipinos in line, mostly Asians. Yeah. Okay, because I was going to say if there were a bunch of guys, you know, Sicilian guys looking like me and some brothers and sisters, then you'd think, hell, they got something going over at this joint. No, I know, but it's sort of like Chinese food. Don't you? You can judge a Chinese restaurant by how many yeah. Chinese people are inside it. Exactly. When me and Lisa go out, we want, we don't want to see white people in the in the in the, in the Thai restaurant. It's nice when we're yeah, the only white people. Some people there. like white food, white China food, Chinese. Uh, not food. me. No, I like I like it all. You want but no, prefer- but like no, but it's like sort of like if you went to China, China. They ain't yeah. serving you chicken balls with red sauce. No, on they're top not. Of it. No, like, they're not. No, no, like no, it's no, not no. real Chinese food. It's American Chinese food. Exactly. Yep. Or it's funny in Canada, they call it Canadian. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know Chinese. I, I, it's so stupid. Nothing, it's a chicken ball. Nothing better than I know. food and different cultures. Food. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't too. know that I've, I've not met a culture whose food I did not really, really like. I can't really think of it. Every culture or type of people, a new kind of food. Now, you know, I was in Thailand and I... I did not eat grasshoppers or any of that kind no, of no, shit. No, I know what you mean, yeah. Eating, the I top chicken and curry and the grill and stuff, yeah. Gra- grasshoppers actually aren't too bad. I ate the Marencian when Cam, when we did that show on TV. They just taste like crickets and grasshoppers. They're crunchy. I'm not going to say they're great, yeah. but they're not bad. No, uh, um, unless I was in prison, forget about it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little I'll stick to the, the delicacy, not the, uh, yeah, there's good dishes of... Uh, Dishes. Give me, give yeah. me escargot and, and oysters all day, but I ain't eating no goddamn grass. Yeah, it's funny. I'm actually from Montreal, and there's great French restaurants. I don't like French food. I don't like escargot and oysters and all that type. I of love stuff. it. Oh, I love it. I love it all. I have a cheap. You know me, Moretz. I have a cheap palate. <laughs> Grilled cheese. <laughs> Grilled cheese and KFC. But one thing I'll say, Lou, in your neck of the woods, and I'm sure it's great. And I was talking about this last week when I lived in Vegas. My favorite food in Vegas was uh, was the Southwest, the Tex-Mex. Big, big fan of, of the, you know, and I'm not getting the hardcore Mexican food, but just the, the you know, the Southwest standard Tex-Mex food. I'm sure in Arizona it's damn good, too. Do we, uh, we get, uh, really, we get more of the Sonoran flavor here, which is really a, 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 a chunky red spicy salsa or a green tomatillo salsa. Uh, but th- when I came home from college and told my Sicilian father that I liked Mexican food as much as I liked 
our food, he almost disowned me. He was so upset. But I, our Mexican food here in Phoenix is phenomenal. What's the Italian food only, like in Phoenix? A, a very lacking. I, yeah. I do all my yeah. own. Uh, there, 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 you know, the, there's a couple of little kind of sounds like uh, sounds like you got to open your own pieces. place, Lou Steakhouse. Yeah, I like it, Lou. Yeah. Do it. Yes. Lou, Lou got his hands full right now between commercial real estate and uh, talking to you two yeah. every one day. And Lou's dealing with <laughs> arch jokers. He's not have time for stakes. Uh, all right. Um, so any uh, any other games, Lou? Um, and, and anything we talk about? We got the Chargers and the, and the Steelers Sunday night football. Redskins Eagles Monday night football. Uh, Patriots and Vikings. Uh, Pats are minus five point favorites against the visiting Minnesota Vikings. And then, of course, it's championship weekend in college, and then uh, we got the UFC uh, to hit. Not yeah, the so, best UFC card, though. So Sunday night, we didn't touch Sunday night's game, Pittsburgh and the Chargers, and I and that one there, I, because I've, I've kind of leaned on, uh, I, I told Cam at, at the break, I, I really do like his Jacksonville pick a lot, and uh, I really also like the Chargers in this game, yeah, they're without their running back, Mel Gordon, and I think that causes all kinds of commotion. And Pittsburgh's with the must-win game after they blew one last week. Uh, let's not forget now, this game, rather than the Chargers being a West Coast team that has to go out to the East and play in the morning, it's flexed into the evening. So you almost have the reverse situation here. This is... They're going to be playing this game perfectly timed for the Chargers' body clocks. Yep. But it's the Steelers that are used to playing at one that got to sit around and have lunch and sandwiches and, and grilled cheese and then play at seven at night. So uh, I I really think the Chargers are in a pretty decent spot here. You can you're look I'm looking at three and a half all up and down the board. Uh, I would take the three a little three and a half now and hope it gets to four so you had to take a little bit more. Classic teaser spot here, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Classic For teaser sure. spot, unless the Chargers just get blown out. Pittsburgh have shown an ability to blow teams out in this spot. But good point that you raised, Lou. It'll be 5.15 for them, sort of on their their sort of, you know, normal body clocks. Pittsburgh have been a good prime time team, though. I don't think that's too much of, of an issue. You know, we'll see if the weather's going to be that much of an issue on Sunday night as well. But where, who are you leaning against? Yeah, you're going to have wind. There'll be wind. The, the whole Midwest has wind. You're going to have 10 to 15 mile an hour winds, and you know that's that that isn't going to that's not going to hurt anything. I can tell you this: with those two quarterbacks and those two offenses, I don't give a hoot how much wind there is. I would also maybe look at points because neither of these two defenses can stop a sneeze. Any other games, yeah. Cam, you want to hit before we move on? No, we can move on, buddy. I, th- I think we did uh, the whole list there. I think we uh, covered it pretty well. We had food and gambling. Covered it all, buddy. All right, so I mentioned there's the college card uh, this weekend. Championship uh, games. We'll get into that. Uh, so we'll get into that a little later on the show or in tomorrow's uh, show. And, uh, and then, of course, we got the UFC. UFC, so it's the ultimate fighter finale Number 28. God, there's been 28 of these things. Hard to believe. <laughs> so, listen, I can't, I can't lie and tell you that uh, I can't lie and tell you that I paid attention to the Ultimate Fighter TV show. Uh, but let's talk about the uh, the main event here with Dos Anjos and uh, Usman. Uh, Lou, what's your take on this card and uh, what, what stands out to you? Well, my, my take on this is that 
uh, Dos Anjos is a glutton for punishment because he went out and had to face Covington in his last fight, a relatively smothering wrestler that's a natural 170-er and a little bit larger than him. And, and Covington basically, you know, rubbed him out and, and won a fair decision over five rounds. So Dos Anjos then isn't happy with that result, and now he wants to get in there with a guy that's Covington times three and a half. Um, I, I think that Usman is destined for championship at 170. Uh, no, no one wants to fight him. He's a he's six foot and is going to tower over the five nine Dos Anjos. He's going to have a six inch reach advantage, three inch advantage with his legs. Uh, I I see that this fight is lined less than. 300 and uh you know i never ever give big favorites uh my recommendation here would be just make it a unit position and take maybe Usman uh on a uh two team parlay or oh, the parlay honestly, playing pukes lou sounds like you're uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, hey, Puke. hey, yeah. parlay pukes you, you guys can parlay. Yeah, I like you were hedging. You were like, "Well, you could kind of use him," and uh, you didn't want to say it in a two-team parlay. <laughs> no, no. Hey, hey, I, I'll take my medicine. I'm suggesting it. Or the other, the other angle that I might suggest is this thing's lined pretty even, and uh, you, you can you can get. Let me get to my uh, screen here. Uh, where I'm going is the over/under with this thing. Let's not forget that Covington and Usman are competing for the same thing. Usman just watched Covington go five rounds with Dos Anjos. Yeah, Make yeah. no mistake about it that Usman wants to be more impressive. Finish him off so quick, yeah. Fight, fight does not go to decision plus 145. That's how you take Usman and get a plus number out of it, in my opinion. Oh, is there anything else on this card? We have a double header of cards uh, this weekend. Uh, you have Fight Night uh, we 142 as well. But so, is there anything else uh, on the Ultimate Fighter uh, Night from the Pearl in Vegas that you like? It's kind of a weak card. So they don't even yeah, try anymore here. It, like, yes, I bet Caraway plus two to one. Yeah. Uh, I, I like I like him. I think he's going to bring his best. I've I got to admit I've faded Munoz a couple of times and I've I've paid for it. I like Caraway. I, I think I got plus 205, but anything plus 190 or better is available at that price right now. No, so I find it interesting that Dana White earlier today was ripping Oscar De La Hoya for letting Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz fight. Yet I see this card. Here's Shogun Hua, who's a, he's in great condition, Lou. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, Junior Dos Santos. I mean, Junior Santos, Dos, he's he's old, man. Guy's, guy's oh, been hitting geez. the head like 18,000 times. <laughs> I know, exactly. Uh, Mark Hunt. Yeah, he's the, you know what I mean? Another thing. Like, you know, Dana's just so full of it. But anyways, so uh, Junior Dos Santos and uh, the two, uh, two of Asa. Uh, Lou, what's your interest in this one? We've got some big boys. This is a heavyweight card here. What, what do you make on this one? I love these big, huge boys fighting. And, and here's how this fight breaks down the way I judge it. And that is, uh, you've got Dos Santos who switched gyms now, and they're teaching him how to avoid getting hit on the chin because we know 
Dos Anjos is losing his ability to take a heavyweight punch, okay? So what they've got him doing is fighting with movement, using conditioning, precision punching, which he's all, always had, and they gave him some big, huge uh, Middle Eastern Blamadov, the last fight in Boise, Idaho, and, and Dos Anjos was able to follow the plan and keep his cool, stay on the outside, even though he got marked up in the fight, he was too skilled for the other fighter. Now they give him to Ivasa, and in the UFC's zeal to expand and keep their momentum after Mark Hunt's gone, because after the fight, oh, by the way, Mark Hunt is gone from the UFC, they want to bring Tuivasa up as the, the kind of future star for that general uh, vicinity besides Tyson Pedro. Oh, by the way, Tuivasa is ma- married to Pedro's sister. Uh, so back to the fight. Tuivasa is, is an ex-rugby playing, beer-drinking brawler. He has little to no MMA skills whatsoever. He has big, huge, wide, telegraphed, slow, powerful punches that come from the sixth row. And by next Tuesday, they finally come trying to hit their target. So the cat and mouse in this game is going to be, can Dos Santos keep his head and stay on the outside and pick and peck this kid from the outside without letting the kid hit him? Or will Tuivas eventually close the distance and not Junior Dos Santos had completely off of his shoulders. Interesting break. Great yeah. analysis, Lou. Yeah. That was fantastic. Uh, like I was spellbound there. I was like, wow, that was yeah, amazing. Mark, Mark Hunt, so what do you think, Lou? You, you feel that Junior Dos Santos's MMA, his cage savviness gets him through here. We only got about a minute here. Uh, you have the Mark Hunt in his final UFC fight, and you got Tyson Pedro, big favorite against uh, Shogun. So what, what about Mark Hunt? You think he goes out on a blaze of glory and wins the fight? I hope so. We want him to, but the line's too tight. And Willis is young and up-and-coming, 30-year-old guy, going to be so much bigger. I lean to Willis. I'm definitely taking Tuivasa, the brawler. Uh, and Tyson Pedro, you're right, Gabe. That's a mismatch, and Tua shouldn't be in that fight. Lou, Gamblue.com. Check out his website, Gamblue.com. You can follow him on Twitter as well, at Gamblue.